What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here, as always, on the Conversation Accomplice, the man with the hunch about what's there, Treps. What is cracking fizzle fiends? That's right. I went back to the classic. Too many of you guys didn't like the change up. So we're sticking with it. Thanks, as always, for joining us with the Seltzer Time Podcast. And as always, we are so glad you're here. This week, we talked to local artist Soma79 about local collaborations, some artistic endeavors he's undergoing, and the impacts of local, or not local news so much as current events on our <laughs> psyche and our, our world. Yeah. But before we get there, you know what we have to do. Hey, Ricky, how was your week, buddy? Well, um, my week was, <clears throat> it was a week. Um, yeah, it was, it was wild. It's crazy um pretty much been glued to twitter just kind of watching uh the world play out in real time um other than that i bought a ps4 which i think comes in tomorrow so i'm really excited about that super does it come with any games uh it doesn't come with games i bought mlb the show 2019 and i bought nhl 2020 so we can expect to hear updates on the two teams that you're running yeah, very shortly, yes. As a manager. I, yeah. When it comes in, I'm, my goal for today is to get as much uh, responsible stuff done as possible. And that way, tomorrow, I can do some responsible stuff, but really start my, uh, my video game career. <laughs> I've never been more proud to know you. Thanks. It should be quite a, quite a couple of days. I... Uh... I've always used video games as kind of like my relaxation outlet. Some people like to fall into books, but I like to fall into a, a good storyline of a video game. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to using it. So like when I, I've never been a big, big video game guy. I never will be. I, I don't foresee this being a thing that I do consistently. Um, it's more of a, I, so when I used to play all the time, I used to only play basically the same three games. It'll probably be the same three games I play forever. A baseball game, a hockey game, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater. So the first, like, couple weeks that I'm playing each game, like, I, I have the sound on. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, kind of getting involved in the, in the soundtrack and all that. I love all that stuff. But then I get really sick of hearing the same, like, 12 songs over and over and over again. So I just mute the TV and play whatever I want which I'm going to use that as a way to stay up to date on all the podcasts that I listen to, because it's really hard for me to do that right now without commuting and stuff like that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. It's, I tend to, I tend to lose focus, um, like middle of the day. So I'm, my goal is to use that time when I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Everything sucks as I'm going to play the game for a couple hours, get caught up on podcasts, kind of like refined my uh creativeness i guess and then when i'm done hopefully i'll be ready to to do some some shit after yeah man i respect that like my weekends typically are or my weeks are like work my dick off from monday through friday till as much as i can do and then friday night i'll fuck off around seven eight o'clock and typically we'll play some video games um i have some hey, friends yeah. that the only way we're hanging out these days are throwing on the headset and playing some stupid game together. So, yeah. And then I love how, so like universal video games are enjoyable and they're enjoyable. My more than just dudes, like they're, they're 
it's awesome how many people can get into mm -hmm. games and how many different types of games there are for so many different types of audiences. And I think I've brought it up on the show how I'm playing a game called Rocket League, which is basically car soccer, um, but I'm playing it with my four-year-old nephew, which That's rad. it's, it's mind-boggling to see him understand like his, you know, thumb movements, like his hand-eye coordination is fucking pretty good. Yeah. He's not the greatest at the game yet, but you could definitely see him like drastically getting better every time we play. Yeah. For a half hour once a week and it's just it is so fun. That's awesome. So that to me is I think the power of video games. And again, video games take so many forms. Like we all have games on our phone. And like my mother plays fucking games on her phone. That's like her number one de stress. Yeah puzzle games those are video games so i have tetris tetris i think is the only game i have on my phone yeah sometimes i'll just sit out here and like throw a podcast on and just play tetris for like an hour and a half dude i love tetris yeah because so. to me i need something simple that i can just focus my brain on i can kind of like hone my thoughts onto something silly for a little while and then yeah. get back into all the shit i'm trying to do yeah no that's all i too but uh yeah that's pretty much I pretty much summed up my week. I didn't do a whole – it was kind of a – I mean, it was a – it's a wild – it was actually, like, a very wild week. Um, But, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've mostly just been, like, kind of focusing on the world. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just How was your week? We even took a week off. So, like, we kind of took an unannounced – We did. I know. <laughs> it was just that we both got so wrapped up, and then I had my anniversary stuff happen, like, my wife and I celebrated six years on the 25th. Oh, congrats. Aww. And uh, so, yeah, like we kind of both were like, ah, fuck it. We're just going to take a week off. And yeah, then, it, it kind of worked out. Like I was going to text you and be like, hey, like, are we recording today? But like, we, I, I think we both just had so much stuff going on um, in, in real life that it just yeah. didn't, it kind of worked out great where we both were so busy that there was no need it's also like i don't know it's kind of refreshing taking a week off too so it like just, yeah reset. plus we both have other stuff going on like since the last episode we basically have the issue the second issue of the quarantine put together um i've gotten in a whole bunch of submissions for that and then as i understand it this week i think there's a piece coming out about us uh in worcester magazine uh, oh, like bill shander did an interview with both jess and i that should be pretty cool and we had a little photo shoot the other night downtown where we were holding up the zines and I wore my gas mask out. I did see that. <laughs> yeah. I hope oh, I yeah. Anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, it's been a week and uh, there's some stuff. Obviously there's elephants in the room that we're kind of talking, kind of avoiding at the moment, but uh, we could probably get into this interview. Anything else you want to say before we kick into this? No, nah, I think we're I think we're good. The beginning of the interview really touched on uh, a lot of that stuff, and I feel like our stokes and pokes are going to be in yeah. that vein. Well, all right, cool. Well, next, <laughs> you guys can enjoy an interview with Soma seventy nine, and uh, we'll talk to you in a minute. This week on the show, like we said, we have Soma seventy nine, local artist and designer. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys are great. So off the top, we, uh, we thought it'd be important to address the elephant in the room. Um, we 
all three of us kind of had a little discussion before we got started and we all feel similarly um this weekend this past week has been extremely eye-opening in terms of what our country is going through and people in our country even the birds are upset about the birds (laughs) um so uh especially what happened last night here in Boston and essentially what could happen today in Worcester. Um, We just all agree that this shit's got to stop black lives matter. And yeah, anybody else can join. You know, it's funny. I look look at myself with this Wu-Tang hat on and it reminds me that I was at the ICA last year in Austin and they had this video that was a collage of, um, of, uh, different points in black history like good positive negative like jordan winning the, sh- the game and then like mlk and stuff like that and there's a sound bite and it was, it was all to the, the tune of a kanye song the ultra by i forget the exact name of it but there was a sound bite in there either kanye or someone else said why does america love black culture but hate black people and it's just it's it's just it, that really just sums it up it's like that seems to be the way where we're at and it's just and I was watching this morning, um, I, I wish I wrote down the guy's name, but he was someone high up, I think in the Justice Department or something. And he was talking about how he doesn't think that there's systematic racism in, the, the, in our Justice Department. And I kept thinking about, so when I was in the seventh grade, I'm sure you guys remember Ice-T, that, that cop killer song. Oh, yeah. And um, so that came out sort of as a, probably a direct line from the Rodney King beating. And sure, there's lots of other stuff contributed to it, but there's there. And what the huge political storm they made over a guy, like they, they, they made it seem like it was worse to talk about the oppression for you than it was the actual oppression happening to people. And they tried to ruin his life. They tried to cost him his job. And it was all an election year. And then in the years that followed that, I mean, they systematically took him down over race issues or attempted to. I mean, obviously he went on to play cop for years in television, but you know. But then, but then in the years after that, there was the criminal justice reform of, um, you know, mandatory minimum sentences and three strikes and then private prisons. And it's like all of this stuff came to is systematically worked to oppress minorities and, and even find a way to profit off of them. And it's just the idea that this is not systematic racism is just absurd. It's, it's laughable that somebody would get on television. I mean, I understand that in the era of the people screaming fake news or trying to make it fake, yes, it seems, but it's just. I don't know. So that was what I, I kept thinking about this morning. And it's just, I don't know, that, that particular, and that's just one example. I mean, there's so many others you could point to, but I mean, I was in the seventh grade when that came out. I was still watching the Jetsons and probably writing my favorite baseball players for autographs. And I was going, this is absurd. Like, why yeah. are we not talking about the real issues? And that's almost 30 years ago. And there I'd was say a, nothing has changed, but it's gotten worse. There was a really powerful video that came out over the weekend of, uh, 30 year old black man talking to a 40 something year old black man and the 40 something year old black man said he's been dealing with this all his life and the 30 year old black man said he's been doing the same thing and then they brought in a 16 year old black man and the three of them were having this amazingly deep conversation about how they've been dealing with this shit all along and how this is nothing's changed we've made small progressions but nothing's really changed and the 16 year old is probably going to be out there in 26 and 36 fighting the same fucking fight and that's that's the shit that to me i i just i i can't stand it anymore i'm i'm just so angry i am so mad as a person i am so angry that we live in this society i don't want to live in a society where every person isn't treated the same where 
the fucking people that share the blood and passion about our community should all be treated absolutely the fucking same. And it's just, I, I'm exactly. as a white man, I understand that I, I have special privileges. And that to me is the thing that I've been learning the most about the systematic, the systematic racism in our country. It, it, it's so fucking overflowed and, and folds over itself. And even like access and, and the things that, that we were given access to as, as, as young adults, as, as kids, like there are so many people that don't even have the same type of situation, let alone the same type of access to information, the same type of access to education. And that's the shit that really, I'm just so angry and I don't know what else to do about it. And that's why the, these peaceful protests that have been happening are the most important. And I think that's the thing that I, I, I'm taking away mostly is that a lot of these videos showing the, the shit going down after the peaceful protests also are showing that young black Americans are stopping angry white Americans from, from destructing. And these young black Americans, like this, I'm thinking of a, a powerful video of a young woman on a megaphone who she seems to be the only fucking voice of reason in an overly chaotic situation. And, and she's potentially seen as the enemy by the, so it's like, that's fucking, that's stupid. It's very brave. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, <clears throat> I've been pretty much glued to Twitter for the last like, you know, four or five days or, or you know, since basically since last Monday. Um, it, I mean, like, obviously this is a thing that it's been going on forever. I just think that this, this is kind of like, there's no, he said, she said, like there's actual video proof of what's going on. And that I think is the real game changer for like this specific time is, you know, yes, of course, like you're going to have those people who are saying like, they're just out they're looting. They're, they're just destroying property. They're just destroying property. But there's video evidence of things being very peaceful until the police show up. I'm like, I'm not trying to be like anti-police. Like that's not my stance, but there's a clear like line has been drawn as to when it goes from being peaceful and there's literally no issue to it going completely off the rails. And that is usually when the police show up or when you see in actual video proof of white people out there agitating, breaking windows, like not saying that it's only them, but it's like, there is proof that it's not, it's not like that during the day. And it's not like that pre police showing up. And it's, and I'm sure it's been like that for a very long time, but now we have. Militarized police, police that are essentially militarized in a lot of places. Exactly. Looking like Robocop. Peaceful protest looking like you're showing up for war, which is completely wild. And again, bringing up the fact that we all have been forgetting about COVID, I love the statements that are saying, right. why are our cops look like Iron Man and our medical staff are slapping together plastic binders? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're using trash bags. Like, that's, I, that's, yeah, that's an excellent point. I didn't even, I didn't go around to being mad about that. Yeah, but thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got something, something new to, so, you know. So, like we all agreed, we are not necessarily the, the, the best voices to be heard about this. Um, we have opinions, but I think if any of our listeners really want to get educated, there are a lot of other people out there that you should go listen to and, and would be better uh, sources of information. Yeah. I am. Um, it's funny. So after, I, I was on the elliptical for an hour this morning watching CNN getting mad. 
and then I went in like, you know, went in the shower and I started calming down a little bit, just trying to think of, just trying to like move forward with my day as, as much as I could. So this is moving to a slightly lighthearted direction. I started having this thought process that I really started as a joke. By the end, I need someone to talk me out of thinking it's a good idea. In that, <clears throat> so we got Trump and Biden coming up. And we're essentially it's a popularity contest. That's why we have Trump, who was a game show host and whatever else he did. And then we have, you know, Biden, who's wingman to one of the most popular people, you know, in politics for years. And I was thinking, this has been talked about before, but what if The Rock ran? Like, what if Dwayne Johnson really threw himself in there? And then I started thinking about, all right, no matter what task that you have to do, and you had to pick between those three people and whoever they bring in in their orbit helping you, I couldn't think of one where I wouldn't pick The Rock. Like, if I had, like, raccoons in my attic, and I had to pick the three, one of them three to help, it's going to be The Rock. If I had to build a playground down the street, it's going to be him, like, pulling up in a big Jeep and bending. And it's like, you know, they didn't get his hands dirty. If I had to negotiate a treaty with people that were warring, you feel like he's got the charm to do it. And then I was like, if aliens show up, he's a good person to go talk to them. Because it's like, if they think that we all look like him, that's probably better because it might be a little more intimidating. But he also has that charm. And I just started thinking about, this is a ridiculous idea. But really, is it? Like, like if, would people listen to someone like him more now? Does he have, like, do we need somebody who, like, because he might be the most popular, most likable person on the planet to some degree. And it's a specimen. It's like, is that, is that ridiculous? Um, so I think my, my firm stance is, like, no more celebrities as president. It's, it's not, like, right. I think it's a Given the other factors that aren't going away. <laughs> yeah, like, I, if I had to pick between The Rock and Trump, like, yes, I, of course I would pick The Rock, but, like, I just think going forward, like the idea of a of a wildly unqualified celebrity holding arguably the most important role, definitely in the country, but in in most of the world, uh, has proven to be an absolute fucking disaster. <laughs> Good point. Even though The Rock is a drastically smarter person and is most likely way less of a piece of garbage. Um, yeah, I think I just, not that I, 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 I don't know. I think it's an interesting thought, but I think The Rock is also smart enough, or Dwayne Johnson is also smart enough to know right. that he doesn't necessarily have, and like, he's been act to, asked to comment on stuff, and he only comments on stuff he feels comfortable doing. Like, he doesn't really put out these big, one, I'm sure he understands that his fan base is pretty gross, but I'm not saying that he's only playing to that. Um He's very charming, but I don't necessarily know if he's well learned enough on world. But that's even more so to to Ricky's right. point. Is like, anybody at this point? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But True. That's the thing. I want somebody that is modest enough to understand that they may not be, and they're going to rely on their experts and not going to come out and just tout how fucking great they are, or you know, maintain that their policy is the best when their policy doesn't actually fucking exist at all. Yeah, I agree. What's Trump playing? Yeah. The other thing, too, that I always come back to with this stuff is that <clears throat> say you want about Ross Perot, the one thing I thought he did that was great is that he got on television for an hour and essentially gave a PowerPoint presentation of what he was going to do. There was no one interrupting him. And I, I keep thinking that any, that that should be part of the process. You, Biden and Trump should be up there by themselves for an hour giving a PowerPoint about what they want to do. And then the debate should be based upon what, what happens in there. Everything is just built up over a spectacle and sound bites. And 
it's ridiculous that you have to, I'd have to do that for any job that I applied for. And this seems like a time where you should, if you can't talk for an hour about what you want to do, then you shouldn't be president. You know, and I think it seems like a pretty simple idea. I feel you. And again, definitely agree with that for sure. All the people that have come out and talked about what's happened this weekend, I think Bernie Sanders sounded the most presidential in his address about it. But As usual, yeah. The other thing, much- thing about the Rock thing was that um, I, I forgot about this, but in the Hillary Trump election, I had heard that Ventura was asked to be the third party candidate and he turned it down. And uh, Gary Johnson ended up getting like 9% of the votes instead of 10, so he wasn't able to get into the, um, the debate. But I, I guarantee Ven- I would I think Ventura probably would have got a little more than Gary Johnson. So if he had ran, we might have been seeing some Hillary Ventura Trump three way debates, which that almost happened. Like that, that was like not that was like a slightly different version of the reality we had, but there was there was road that could have been paved to that. That was that would have been false. He's an emphatic human yeah. being. In college, I had the opportunity to hear him speak. He addressed uh, Who, Ventura. Uh, yeah, Jesse, the body Ventura. And He's a wild man. <laughs> he has some good ideas. He has some pretty uh, eccentric yeah. ideas. And yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. But that would have been a real wild way to kick off. I don't know. It's just, it's so depressing. Like, I sometimes have to go down these fantasy paths to just sort of like work things out in my head and be like, I just know that whatever's happening next is not going to be, there's no real playbook for the way things are going. And there's been so many, like, there's a story that had a bunch of little twists and now we're getting big twists. Like, I couldn't believe that they knocked Corona off the television on CNN for two hours today. There's something bigger than Corona going on right now, which is, like, there's so many twists here. It's like, where does it keep going? And, you know, where's, what's the next big one? Uh, yeah, I think that's important uh, to, to bring up too. Um, corona is still really fucking real <laughs> it's right it, it's kind of wild like to see massive groups of people when that wasn't even imaginable a week ago seeing it now it, it's like of course a back it for sure but it's like holy shit like try to be as safe as possible about that because yeah you don't want to see another spike in that it for, for a million different reasons aside like health obviously being the number one but you know we not that we were making a lot of progress, but there was progress being made and there was a lot more people taking it seriously than there weren't. The people who I've noticed weren't taking it seriously are now the ones who are saying, don't forget. They're like, they're using, they're kind of like, they used Corona as a way to, to beat on, on the government or, or on police. I mean, there was protests in Michigan or whatever, the beginning of the month that were violent basically to start at least they they were violent on tv um and there was nothing was done they, the cops just stood there and left right. them screaming faces and here it's a complete opposite situation where they're not even really screaming in their faces to start and things are starting off very opposite but the people that i tend to see posting online about how you know why why isn't my restaurant open like why can't i go to a bar with my friends are now the ones who are saying like, oh, it's weird that you guys want to get in groups now. So it's just scary that like, right. if there is, hopefully not, but if there is a spike in cases, those people have something to like throw in everybody's face again, even though they weren't take, they were the ones who weren't taking it seriously. Kind of yeah, stuff. yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's, it's, so, it's so any other better segue 
all this shit's getting myself yeah, my blood boiling and the only escape i've had I is, know, to I'm like, is to make art and to to get my writing out so it is rather fitting that we have on soma 79 an artist this week who has been hard at work doing stuff to help covid and making his art uh a little more helpful um we saw the article come out through metro west daily news i think it was um yep I think I picked up on a telegram too. I was, they I got picked up by a few local newspapers. So. so tell us a little bit about how you're, you began putting your art on the masks and beginning yeah. donating that stuff. And a little bit about uh, community servings because I heard, I know that's the organization you're yeah. part of. Community servings, so let's just talk about them at the top because that's, that's most important. They're an organization that um, I became aware of maybe about 10 years ago. I had a, a coworker's wife would do this drive every year around Thanksgiving where you donated for every $25 you donated, another restaurant would donate a pie and you'd go pick up your pie. You donate $100 and then you'd get four free pies. Or you could donate $100 and they'll give four free pies to someone in need. And I did that for a few years and I always felt good about donating and I thought it was a great cause. And then, you know, as I got older and I started making a little more money, they were always the charity that I would turn to when I wanted to give something. And I think what they do is it's very, it's very basic. They, they find the people who are most in need and they help them. And I just, I printed this out just because they, they say it better than anybody, just their mission statement um, is that uh, their mission is to actively engage the community to provide medically tailored, nutritious, scratch made meals to chronically and critically ill individuals and their families. They envision a world in which everyone has access to the nutritious food they need for health and well-being as a fundamental right. And I think that's something that everybody can get behind. And I, I think um, the idea of nutritious food, and there's a lot of things that we do to what we don't really, you know, these are people who really can barely take care of themselves the most. I mean, they, they really help the truly needy. But I think it, it goes, it's always worth repeating that the, the quality of the food you're eating has so much to do with your health. It's, you know, there's a garbage in, garbage out. So it's not just getting people food, it's getting people nutritious good food that actually nourishes them. And I, this organization, it's, it's local. I, I believe they're based out of Jamaica Plain, but it, it's local this area. And they're helping people out who really need it right now. And um, I don't know, it's worth your money. So what, so what I decided to do is um, I just wanted to do something to help. And I tried to, and I'm always thinking about how I can leverage stuff I already have done. I have tons, I've been doing artwork compulsively for years for, Close to a decade, I've been doing art almost every day. And I just decided that when I saw these face masks coming out, and obviously people were profiting off that, which is fine. It's like, you know, there's a situation like this to create new economies. But I, I consider myself in a situation where I can afford to let a little bit of revenue go um, because of the privilege of how I live of my life, which, you know, it is what it is. But um, I decided I was going to put the masks out there and say I donate all of my profits to. Um, to community service. And so the way it works is, I'm not printing these masks myself. I, I work with this company, Redbubble, who I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. It's one of those things you load up your designs and you can buy products for your designs. And so they rolled out masks that made it okay for me to do it. Made it easy for me to do it. So I did that and I just got, I loaded up as many designs as possible. Right now there's about 170. And I'll be throwing more and more of them up there as I'm, I'm right now consolidating a lot of old computers and finding stuff I haven't had in a while and I'm just getting and as people request stuff I'm getting more and more out there so as of now um we've, we've we've made some money but I'm definitely seeing that things are slowing down a little bit in the face because you can only buy so many face masks and I it was really hot for a few weeks but now I've decided to expand it 
where the the site that I um, sell the face mask for also sells coffee mugs. They sell throw pillows, t-shirts, prints, shower curtains, all that stuff. So now, from now until the end of summer, any product you buy on my Redbubble Soma 79 store, um, the profits will go to community service. And I'll be making a post, I think you guys say this is going live um, tomorrow, Tuesday, June 2nd. Um, I'll be making a post on that on my Instagram later on today. I still got a little bit of work to do to get it up. But I'll be putting that out there, and I think community servings is gonna put something out there. But they just, they're a great organization. I don't, I think it's very hard to be political about what they do as well. So this should, this should really be no reason to ruffle any feathers with, with something like this. And it's something I really believe in. And I would also say that from now forward in my art career, there's always going to be some element of charity involved. This is something that, this is where we're starting, but it's not going to be the ending. Um, I want to help people any way that I can. And I think through my art, you know, Sometimes I, I can relate to humans better through my art. So I think I can probably relate to helping people better through my art as well. So that's what's going on there. <clears throat> awesome. uh, community service or some type of charity as part of your business model is just 100% good business. Even somebody like we brought up before, Kevin Lyman, like when he was making nickels, he still made it a point of his business to give back to charity and it impacts. Right. When you have an impact like that, you really grow you show that you're committed to your community and not just looking for profit. Right. And, talk, and it's like, like talking about it's important too, because when I heard him say that, I was like, that was one of the things that really made me want to reach out. Cause I'm like, we, the more, like I was inspired, this is a stupid kind of example, but I'm sure you guys know Takashi 69, that, that rainbow head rapper dude, he yeah. tried to give a hundred grand to like a charity a few weeks ago and it got rejected. Because, you know, he's got a pretty checkered background and I don't want to get, in, and I understand why they reject it because it may cost them more money in the long run. It's a bad PR, blah, blah, blah. But that sort of made me think, what can I can do? And that's a really like, if, that's, and I, if that made me think that, it's like to get the word out there, it helps. Other, it's like, if, if we believe that watching bad stuff on television and playing violent video games makes us more violent or whatever, then we have to believe that saying good things will make us better. So I think getting the word out, especially time when small businesses need it, like, just getting more people to Redbubble in general, because there's so many other artists there. If you shop around, you're helping other artists as well. You're helping these people. Like, this isn't my primary source of income, that store. So, but other people, it might be. So just yeah. remember that if you buy from my store, it's going to community servings. You buy from the other people in Redbubble, it's likely going to feed an independent artist. So it's better than that. Have you been working with Redbubble? I'm all fired up. Have I been what? <laughs> Have you been working with Redbubble for a while? Um, yeah, I mean, they're just one of those, they, I mean, they don't know why I am. They're just, it's, I've been, but I've had my designs up there and I've sold a little bit. I mean, I've, I, um, with working from home full time, that's really been a blessing that, you know, at my day job, it's just, um, you find you have more time for self-care. You have more time to get up and um, when you, when you're commuting to work out for an hour and feel better. And then that leads to you being more active and doing more. So I'm finally doing all these things that I've thought about for years. And I just think we're in for kind of a seismic shift there of, of what's going to happen when they realize that the working from home thing is really working out for a lot of people. And then you look at companies that are already losing money. They're going to have to spend all this money to re-equip their office to make it safe to work there. Why don't they just let you go work from home? Yeah. So yeah, all of that has led to me just doing a lot more with all these things that I kind of started a little bit. So. Sure. That's I, awesome. So I've had some experience with Red Bull. Um, they're not my favorite, but uh, I'm glad to hear that you're having positive experiences. Uh, I guess that was my point. Yeah. 
The one thing I'll say about them too is I, over the years, I've ordered stuff from them and something's been wrong with it. And they've always just said, just keep it. We're going to, we're going to um, either send you a new one or give you your money back. So if something goes wrong with them, they've always been super good about don't even bother sending it back and, and or either replace it or whatever. So just get that out there too. Cause you never, this is a third party company. So, you know, some are better than others. Yeah. And we have a shit ton of images that they're printing on demand, which is just, their whole business model is, is as a fellow designer, I do find it intriguing that they handle all the production aspects and the storefront aspects. And really all I have to do is put my image up and I can put it on a fucking A-line dress or a pillow or a goddamn coffee mug, like you yeah. said. Um, it's the quality of the end print that I'm always curious about. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I go back and forth and whether or not I like, I like that mentality so much or if it was like a local aspect that I can like a local company that I can work with to do essentially the same thing, but maybe they're not doing it at the same volume. I don't know. I'm just, now I'm just spitballing because this is the shit I think about sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, and I'd say too, that a lot of these ideas are working on are things that are evolving and that as time goes on, they'll morph based upon, you know, how, what I, what I'm seeing and um, I'm, I'll get better at this. Like, you know, just yeah. finding the right way to help people and just putting your heart in the right place. But, you know, it's been, for creatively being home has been amazing. I have so many, I was making a list before we got on of all the things I want to kind of touch on. I was working on it was, I had a bunch of things I was planning on releasing this week that now I think I'm not going to just do based on um, what's going on now. But um, I actually, I was planning on launching this new product so I could talk about it today. And I launched it last night and I sold out in a half hour. Did you really? So, yeah. yeah. So I figured maybe I'll mention that the, the ox mystery boxes. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that on my Instagram. Yeah. You, I didn't realize you sold out that. Yeah, I sold out all of them in 30 minutes. So what that is, is that I've, so Ox is this character that I've created over the past year, and it's, it's going to be a big part of what I'm working on going forward. I'm working on a graphic novel that I'm writing, um, coloring, I'm drawing, doing everything. I'm about uh, a third of the way through. It's going to be 150 pages. It'll be done next year. It's part of an effort I have to try to break into the comic industry. I don't have a publisher lined up, but the goal is if it gets done, I can potentially find a publisher or I'll self-publish. Nothing else, all sales. But along the way, there, I'm also I have found some new creative partners, and we're doing some different things. We're working on some. Um, I don't want to take too much yet. We're working on some other multimedia projects that would involve the Ox character, and I got my helmet here. That um, is my little Ox helmet that I've been using uh, for a lot of these videos. Um, just try to get the character out there. And I think, you know, we're in a time where masks are sort of big. And a lot of my favorite, um, like, rappers, like MF Doom, wore a mask. My favorite yep. wrestler is, like, Jeff Hardy and Sting at Face, and Ultimate Warrior had face paint. So I've always been appealed, that idea has appealed to me a lot. So um, I'm working on that. And the Ox Mystery Box, what that is, is I try to really give, um, like, people only buy art that they're emotionally attached to. That was one of the big things that I learned about selling art. And it's a matter of, you know, I do tons of pieces of work and I'm always surprised at what people are emotionally attached to. And uh, it's tough to predict, you know. So I came up with this idea of <clears throat> trying to work backwards where somebody, where I release a small number of these boxes at a time and you have to buy one as quickly as possible. And on um, the first round, they were all $20. Each consecutive round, they'll get a little more expensive and they're all numbered and documented. And um, so you'll buy it knowing that you're going to get a quick five-minute sketch that I do that'll be all matted. 
you'll get some other personal item that like that I come up with that I'll take even action figure and paint it in my own way or something like something. I want to give away too many ideas of what I have, but essentially, and then, and, and you're giving me a seven to nine word description of the theme of your box. So I get all this and then I design basically something that I think would be emotionally appealing to you. Like I figure out who you are, you tell me the theme and then I literally build things like these like items that are tailored towards you. So essentially it's people who already know they like my art and I try to work with them to figure out what they might like without by only like small pieces of information where I can find out about them. So the mystery box is the way to get for me to really connect with my with my fans, with my with the people that have always supported me and give them something that's true and unique. And after each box is, is sent, I tell people that um, you're going to get it within 60 days of you, tell, you sending me your seven to nine words. I'm not going to send you tracking information. It might show up your house. It's mystery. It's going it's to show up. And once you get it, 100% uh, guarantee, if you don't like it, you can send it back. I'll auction it off on eBay. I'm going to document on my blog, which is um, coming out soon, called um, Reading with um, uh, Reading Wet Paint. Or, is that what it's called? I forget already. Reading Paint Dry. Reading Paint Dry here on my blog. Um, and I'm going to document there what is in each box. So when the next round comes up, you have an idea of what people got in the first round. And this is something I plan on doing going forward. And like I said, each one will be a little more expensive to, you know, get in early. And they're going to yeah. probably go fast because quantities are limited. So That's and right. sold out in 30 minutes. So, you know, I think the next one will probably go live in a few months or weeks, depending on how quickly I can finish these. So if you want to find out when they're going live, I'd say follow me, Soma79 on Instagram. I mean, that's the best way to keep track of everything that I'm working on. So you want to be on the ground floor of that. So. Oh, yeah. I love the um, limited stuff. Wait, what would you say? You what? I, said, I love the limited run stuff. It's just Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, me too, for sure. Yeah. Um, I do that so, with this company, um, mymainpat.com. We do limited run t-shirts. I have one that's out right now. Once a week, it's, um, they have a design that lasts a week, and they're all hip-hop themed. And I have oh, a design cool. up for sale now. It's, um, a cross, it's a mashup of Sabotage by the Beastie Boys and Grand Theft Auto. And so that design will be available on my main man pat until Thursday night at midnight. Then it won't be available anymore. So check that out. Yeah. Is that the I do maybe about... Is that the thing you did? We I saw on your Instagram you had like a Jay Z blueprint. Yeah, like that was a couple weeks ago. Yep. Okay. I I did nine of these the classic hip hop um uh classic video game mashups and I'm actually soon going to be doing a giveaway where I do I frame one piece that has all nine of them in there and I'm going to do okay. a giveaway for people to probably just share one of my pictures get entered I'm going to give away a framed thing of all of those the hip hop. So oh, that's those right. are those seem to be popular, and so you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Stop, won't stop. I don't know. <laughs> right. So I saw that you did um, a bunch of can art for Ground Effect Brewing out in Hudson. Yes. How did you get involved yeah. with those guys? They're the best. I mean, so I did an art show in Hudson a couple of years ago. There was I did a pop up art show. There's a Rotary right in downtown, and a friend of mine happened to own a building. The front was out. There was no one in there. So I put up, I, just, I, I hired, I paid him so I could use this place for a weekend to do a um, pop up art show. And I started where one day I put the letter S up in big orange, le big orange letter on the window. Then I said, Bogo, it's almost every night over the course of uh, a couple of days. And after That's that, I got a lot of attention around town. It was, I was really lucky where it was located. 
my website blew up and I got at the art show was really a, a pretty big success. It was Columbus Day weekend uh, a couple years ago. So from there, I started getting a lot more interest from, from people like Ground Effect. And um, they were opening right around that time. And I went in there and um, they had sort of heard about that. And they saw this cow painting that I'd done, which is one of my more well-known pieces. And they wanted to put it on the can. They were doing stuff that was based around the history of Hudson. I guess Hudson used to be called Common Cow or Cow Commons or something. So a lot of them were based on that. So it's, that's where it's a matter of when you do like thousands of, of paintings, you have a lot better chance of connecting with somebody on some. I mean, how, who knows they were already working on a cow thing and I was doing a cow. It's just, yeah. And then we hit it off. They're great people. and they have, I'm not a big drinker, but they have really, really, really good beer. Yeah. The brewery there really knows what he's doing. I had one of their sours, uh, and I'm pretty sure you did the the can art. Was it like a like a casino themed can? Yeah, I actually got them. I got them back here. Yep. Did you do one that was like it was like a red can or something? Yep. There's um that's around here somewhere. I'm knocking all my stuff, but yeah, I have all of them here. Because so all the sours, depending on the flavor, they're in different colors. Like this one, I think was my was I think the tastiest one. This was a raspberry key lime. Oh, this cool. one, absolutely. This thing, the, the, I've never seen a beer that looks like this before. It's, it's so purple and just, uh, I mean, I'm, not a, I'm not a big drinker, but these guys, if I am drinking anything, it's typically their beer. Right, that's awesome. Yeah, really great people. And, you know, they're a small business that's, that's having a hard time right now. And, um, you know, they're selling their cans. And actually, if you go down there now, I just left 10 signed prints of mine. You can get some um, signed prints for mine down there and some coloring books. So they, they sell some of my merchandise, but definitely worth your support nice. you know, now and when they fully open. So Hudson's a great community. It's very art friendly, um, you know, a lot of great restaurants. There's just a lot of great people. Yeah. So. That's right. I really like your, uh, your rainbow elf thing on your Instagram. I'm a big elf yeah, I had been- fan. So- Alf's That's great. Sick. I have all those Alf memories. Like I remember everything from Alf. I remember like that he's from Melmac. That like I remember the song he sang when he fell in love with the daughter. The year of the one that's out of this world, sweet baby. And I found some Alf trading cards <laughs> my parents dropped off the other day. It's Alf. Oh, that's I bring cool. him back. They really do. I'm surprised they haven't yet. Maybe maybe I can do it. That's that's if I set my you know I always wanted to do a Twin Peaks comic book. But maybe I can set out to bring bring Alf back because they're bringing they have Kevin Smith bringing He Man back, so anything's possible. Huh? Sweet. <laughs> I'm never really a He Man guy, but I'll take it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not not the most exciting for me, but it's got someone's got to be excited about that. I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Awful. Yes, I don't know. Excited. Anyway, yeah, um, I'd watch Alf. So uh, you're you're doing art. Uh, do I hear that you're also doing some music stuff as well? You want to talk about Yeah, uh, so so I used to rap um, uh, back in the day. I was in a hip-hop group called Mike Monarchy, another one called Project Mayhem, and I rapped under the same name, Soma79. Um, and I used to play around, play around Boston. We opened for people like Onyx and like Warren G and Ari the Rugged Man and Slain and Ill Bill and like, you know, That's if anybody knows lead entertainment, yeah, mostly a lot of those shows and um, I put out an album about 10 years ago, and right after that came out is pretty much when I started started doing art and stopped doing music. It kind of happened right around the time of the last show I had with Mike Monarchy. I think the album showed up on a Monday. My, our last show was that Saturday, and then it just sort of fizzled out, and you know, and then I started getting into art, and I drifted away with it. But 
I really was very happy with the album. And I, it was all the setup for my next album, which is called Drinking Songs for Children, which I announced back then and I never actually put out. So now that I have all this time and I've separated myself from some of the frustrations of being in music, I decided that I'm going to, that I was going to re-put out um, my initial album, Broadcasting from Channel 79. I loaded that up to YouTube the other day. I haven't made any posts about it yet. I'm just kind of, with everything going on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it sit. But it's up on YouTube if you want to find it. Um, and then I also recorded an audio commentary where I talk about the entire album. It's a video track uh, where it's me as Ox talking about the entire album, going into details and just talking about the creative process of where the samples came from. And that's where I get a little more about the next album. Um, the next album is going to have um, appearances by Mac Lethal and it's going to have appearances by, an appearance by Esoteric from Zarface. So both of those are in the can. I just, you know, that'll be out sometime next year. So. I'm really just trying to make as much as I can about being, I'm very introverted and I have a lot, I have OCD and I'm trying to make the most of all this time because it's just, all of these circumstances around in COVID sort of work really towards my personality and it's just, it's been a creative explosion and, you know, that part of it's been great. You know, it's, it's been, it's, I've, I've been able to keep myself sane, you know. I can't give much advice to the people who are at home with three kids, but the people that are stuck at home with two cats like me, keep yourself busy. Like, yeah. Jim Carrey had this quote about how, like, you know, depression is real, but if you're not eating nutritiously and you're not taking care of yourself and exercising, consuming positive material, you're not giving yourself a fighting chance. So my message to anybody who, like me, is at home with two cats is do whatever you can to give yourself a fighting chance. Yeah. Eat well, exercise, and just – and and be – this is something I also heard yesterday. Uh, I was watching the Darkest Timeline podcast with Joel McHale and Dr. Ken. And um, Dr. Ken is say, saying the best advice he heard is be your own leader. That with this big black hole vacuum of leadership out there, we all have to kind of be our own leaders. I think that's a great message for everybody now is to be your own leader and lead by example. You know? Yeah. We need it. So. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. So will you, I, I heard you guys talk a little bit about concerts. Were there any concerts that you guys missed? I had tickets to a few shows, and I'm not big on going to shows, but I was very excited about a couple of them. That didn't happen. What about you guys? Did you miss anything? Yeah. I, so, like, aside from things that I had lined up without needing a ticket to get into that got canceled, um, I actually had tickets, like, physical tickets for three shows, uh, two of which were canceled, and I've already been refunded. And one of which is technically postponed, but I'm sure it'll get canceled. It sounds like uh, everybody I've talked to in that world says that things don't aren't going to make a lot of sense until probably 2022. Next year, the plan is to reschedule everything from this year, if that's possible. Uh, so anything new is is we look it's like two years. Old. Sucks. So what were the shows get canceled? Um, I had tickets to, so the one that got postponed so far was Dashboard Confessional and the Get Up Kids, um, mm. which I was really looking forward to. I love the Get Up Kids so much. And I've, Dashboard's yeah, cool. Good. I've only seen them once, but get, the Get Up Kids were the real reason why I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and then the shows that got canceled were Alkaline Trio and Bad Religion at the Palladium. Oh, and, Bad Religion is my favorite. I love Bad Religion. Right. That's, that's heartbreaking. Uh, and then there's a country band called Hot Country Nights. It's kind of like a joke band. Um, they were at the House of Blues, and that got canceled. So, but then other than that, like I was working on, wanted to go to Taylor Swift. Yeah. That got that got moved. Was pretty bummed about. 
the main yeah. thing that was on my list. She'll be back. Uh, Saturday yeah. of Boston Calling with Rage and Run. Like, I'm so pumped for this new Run the Jewels album. Uh, Me course, too. Everything going on. Killer Mike has been a beacon of amazing. Oh, yeah. Music. Yeah. Um, plus, he even has his own kind of second layer of narrative that he's spilling. But I won't get into that. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was that that was like the main thing I was looking forward to. Just to hear some of those Run the Jewels songs with Zach actually on the mic spitting with those dudes. Be to be there. Oh, I love that. Crowd, yeah, it would have been insane. It just would have been. I had the pleasure of seeing Run the Jewels on a yacht in New York City about six years ago, um, as like an after show for uh, Adult Swim. It was like the New York Comic Con. I was oh. like the writer, and then I got tickets. What a combination. To- yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Well, adults, one of the dudes from Adult Swim is basically gave them their start. He was the one that made the connection between the two. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Adult Swim. Yeah. Um, so they, I lucked my way into this fucking yacht tour. And at this point, not a lot of people knew who they were. So like for me and like three other dudes, it was the night of our lives. And for everybody else on that thing, they were introduced to one of the strongest names in hip hop right now. Um, and I yeah. think this was like RTJ2 had just dropped. So like this is early on in their run the jewels were point is that was going to be an amazing show and I bummed. Yeah. But actually, I, I, let me show you this. I just did a run the jewels t-shirt <laughs> that unfortunately is no longer available. But I did a run the jewels Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirt that says "Run the Rings." Nice. Yo, sick. LP. <laughs> nice. So that's the type of stuff I do. Um, yeah, the shows that I missed were uh, Bikini Kill and DJ Shadow, who have two bands. Like, Bikini Kill, I thought I'd never have a chance to see them. They're like, yeah. They were, I mean, blow me away. And then um, DJ Shadow, I, I might have seen before, but he's always worth seeing. And then I'm a little, the Black Widow movie, I kind of wish I saw that. But you know, that's, um, you know, it was a little heartbreaking to miss some of those shows. But, you know. Yeah. Bad, Bad Illusion is amazing. I've never seen them. But they're, they've been one of my favorite punk bands my entire life. Yeah. I've seen them a bunch, but I mean, they're playing Aqualine Trio, it's like one of my favorite bands ever, and they were playing at the Palladium, which is down the street. So it's like, if that tour happened in Boston, you gotta go. I would have probably gone, but like it, it happening basically in my backyard, I was really fucking excited about that. Uh, less than I, I missed out on. Oh no, I was just saying, another show was uh, Less Than Jake, Lagwagon, and The Bouncing Souls oh. with Max Intruder opening. And I was like, well, that's basically like my dream bill right there. Uh, and then that got canceled. And it was actually on Lagwagon Day, which sucks even more because oh. that would have been phenomenal. Speaking of um, dream bill, so I'm going to throw this out in the ether on the ether and the off chance that I can start something. Um, I'm a huge Fugazi fan, and they're a group that's really. Not only do I think are they unlikely to do a reunion for certain reasons, but they logistically it makes it hard. It would be a huge show, and they don't do huge shows. And yeah. it's like a Coachella would be the perfect environment for a Fugazi show, but there's a lot of reasons why they would never play a Coachella. Yeah. So this would be the time to do a, a webcast Fugazi reunion show where everybody has to pay three or five bucks to see it. It's like, and it's like the world needs that now. It's like, can you imagine how awesome it would be if Fugazi just said, hey, we're going to do in a show in our garage. Everybody pays five bucks to see it. That would be phenomenal. And they're would, one of those bands that as I go back to them, their music to me, I loved it as a kid. As a kid, it felt really hardcore. As an adult, it feels really melodic. It's, they're just, yeah. they were, I don't know. I love them. So that's my hot idea. 
the totally stuff great. about them too is Ian's words still hold true all these years later. And again, we're still dealing with yeah. a lot of the same shit that he was pointing out back yeah. in. So um, there's a truck backing up somewhere down the street. Uh, we've I've never recorded outside and it's been quite the experience. There's like people driving up yeah. and down, there was birds, now there's trucks backing up. You hear the little was, do- my little <laughs> dog got pissed off by your truck. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the fire alarm. Our fire alarm went off last week and he fucking freaked out. Ugh. All right. Well I can't uh, believe my cats haven't they live in a sleep this whole time. We got lucky with them. So nice. We have talked <laughs> on a broad array of topics, but uh yeah. For those who want to know more about Soto 79, how is the best way for them to find you? Well, first, just to hammer on the point on the masks and all that other stuff. In order to do that, um, I have my own website, Soma79.com, which is separate from my like, Redbubble store, but I'm trying to work to integrate them. But I, so I've been able to set up some links that will redirect. So if you go to Soma79.com slash mask, that will redirect you to my Redbubble store where anything that you buy there the pro- from now until the end of summer, the profits will go to community servings. And there will be a po- by the time this goes live, it'll be posted my my um, Instagram further explaining that right now it just says the mask and see everything. So really, that's what I want to most people to know is help community servings. Servings.org is their website. Go there and buy stuff for me to help them, or go elsewhere in Redbubble to buy stuff that help independent artists. Um, in terms of me. Instagram is my favorite way to get out there. It's where I talk to people. It's where I get ideas from and I'm always pushing constant out and like things like the Ox mystery box. That's where I'll be announcing it. And this one, they sold out last night in 30 minutes. So that's where we want to kind of be. Um, so I would say, um, check, follow me Soma at Soma 79 on Instagram. And then the music. Oh. 79.com slash music. That'll take you to my, um, to my album. So and just pay attention to that. There'll be a lot more crap coming. So I, I got tons of stuff planned. We lost the uh, we lost the URL. Do you want to take that last little bit again, please? Yeah. Oh, sure. The URL for the music was soma79.com slash music. Cool. That was my headset telling me my battery's about to die. Oh. I'm going to cut out. <laughs> well, then, uh, I guess it's as good a time as any to say thank you so much for joining us. And uh, thanks for making cool stuff. Thank you. I really appreciate this. And you guys are great. And um, I, I listen to a bunch of the episodes and I, I, I'm going to keep listening. So, you Thanks. know, maybe we'll cross paths sometimes down the road. So. Maybe we'll get to have a beer over one of these days. Yeah, come down to Ground Effect. And, and I appreciate you guys are um, getting involved with everything going on. You said you're, there's some stuff going on in Worcester tonight. And I just wish you all the best and stay safe and stay healthy and just, um, you know, stay positive and just, you know, try to find some beacons of hope out there. So. Yeah, that's all we can do, really. I'll do. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right. Talking to you. Great talking to you guys. All right. Thanks. Talk better. Bye. Thank you again, uh, Soma79. Um, it's pretty awesome that he was able to, you know, kind of take his art and turn it into somewhat of a, a way to not only help fight COVID, but also um, raise some money. It's pretty yeah. awesome. It's cool that he's working with community servings. I'm, you know, just doing my own independent research. They seem like a, a very uh, admirable organization to support, and they're doing all yeah. the right things. Yeah, also, I love how uh, like local breweries. I mean, like we both know Daniel Brooks, who like does pretty much all the cans now for for Redemption Rock, and and having Soma do all the cans for uh, for uh, Ground Effect is pretty awesome. Yeah, and I like that when breweries like that can align, like Daniel and. Uh, 
Redemption Rock. That just makes sense. Like they tried oh, yeah. to be artists for a little while, but Danielle's art style really fits the brand that Redemption Rock is building. And that's, I love when those partnerships find themselves. Ground Effect looks like they're enjoying their collaborations with Lasoma. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know, it's, it's fun artwork. I dig it. For sure. No, it's sick. So thanks again, man, for coming on and talking to us a little bit about your artwork. Yeah, that was dope. So you know what time it is, folks. It is time for the Stokes and Pokes. You want to hit us with it, Solon? Every time you do, before Solon sings, every time you say, you know what time it is, all I think about is when I was a little kid and I was like, it's time to go to bed. I had to brush my teeth. So it was like, it's time to brush your teeth and go to bed. Like that's every single time I think of that. But did you guys sing it's a like weird. brush your teeth, go to bed song? I feel like my mom probably did when we were like mad little, like brush your teeth and go to bed, dude. <laughs> Something like that. Oh shit! You actually well, that actually kind of works out because your last name. <laughs> My mom was always singing "Go to Brush Your Teeth and Go to Bed" to you, but through me. About twenty-eight years before we knew each other. <laughs> well, that's very sweet of you, Mrs. Nelson. <laughs> awesome. Hit a solo. All right, now Solon can sing. <laughs> Schools closed, Tom Hanks, trouble in the big banks, no vaccine, quarantine, no more toilet paper scene, travel ban, Weinstein, panic, COVID-19, NBA gone away, what else do I have to say? It's time for Stokes and Pokes now, it's time to do Stokes and Pokes. Something like that. It could work, work around, with whatever's gonna work, we'll see. All right, I'll start us off with some Stokes and Pokes, like Ricky alluded to, our Pokes are pretty similar, and we're gonna get into that, but Stokes, I am stoked on Cameo. Um, I, I've been seeing it come up and around for those who don't know cameo is a service online where anybody can go and find C D E list celebrities ranging in there, um, pay them some money directly. And then they will record like a minute or so video kind of using some information you supply and it can be used as a gift or kind of like a commemorative thing. Some people you can even hire to do like shout outs for, you know, if we wanted to, we can hire someone to do a uh, seltzer time shout out, depending on. We should do that. That'd be sick. Some of them don't like specifically say non-professional use only. Um, We could find somebody funny. So uh, our friend, so Mark, who came on the show a couple weeks ago, his wife, Morgan, had gotten, um, oh my God, what's her name from the office? Her real name's Kathleen, but the actor- was it Meredith? She yeah, Meredith. Meredith. Thank you. Um, and Meredith recorded a, a happy birthday mark, message for Mark. So that's what kind of like put it back in my radar. So just looking at Cameo, um, there's a social media influencer, my buddy Rockwell and I follow named Mr. Hotspot, who is just so amazingly lovely as a human being. He has this infectious laugh. He, uh, he talks about like stuff being, oh, takes a piece of fruit and he's like, it's delicious and nutrition. Ooh, and then he, he, it's just, it's so, it just puts a smile on your face and he's all just positivity. He's hundred percent positivity. He dances, he sings, he just put on them. Um, and he, last week he said that for 25 bucks, he would record cameos. So I'm like fucking done. Went on. I think I was like the fifth or sixth person that, that hit him up. Um, and he sent me this video in a couple hours that I got to send to Matt and Matt woke up a Friday morning to a personalized message from Mr. Hotspot. This from Hotspot and Travis. Smiling guy, mm-hmm. like that. And it was, it was super rad. 
So if you anybody's looking for some kind of a little personal, a little different, check out Cameo. Some of them are really expensive. Yeah. You could tell I know I did a little bit, like a tiny bit of research on Cameo. It sounds like the ones that are really, really expensive are automatically donated to a charity. Because I know like Caitlyn Jenner's on there and it's like 2,500 bucks. And it's like, she clearly doesn't need like my 2,500 bucks. But I guess they do it. And then automatically the money just goes directly to, um, I don't, they all have, they all pick a different charity, but so I yeah. thought that was kind of. Yeah. That's the shit that I like. Like Bob Saget's on there and he was like, I'm stuck at home and I'm bored. Now I'm going to record cameos for you guys and all the money's going to get donated. That's awesome. So that's the kind of shit we need. Get behind that. People yeah. use star power for good. Yeah, for real. Um, do you want to hit on your stoke before we just rip into the same poke? Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, actually, yeah. So my, my stoke is kind of a, a segue into the pokes, I guess. Um, the two of us are both massive Run the Jewels fans, Killer Mike and LP. Uh, Killer Mike is like a huge, is one of the most like powerful, like not only lyricists, but like speakers I've ever heard in my life. Um, a lot of people take him very seriously as they should. He's a very, very smart person. And he just has the ability to get through to, to all different types of people. Um, the other night when protests kind of started like breaking out in Atlanta, he, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was the police chief or the mayor started, had a press conference. Either way, Killer Mike went and, um, and they, they, they had him come up and, and address everybody on TV um, in Atlanta. And it went super viral as it should have, because it, he was speaking to the people of Atlanta, but like, it was bigger than that. He really was speaking to the entire world. Um, he started off by saying that like his father is a police officer. His two cousins are police officers. His dad and his cousin are both police officers in Atlanta. His cousin was a police officer, in, like Mississippi or something. It was, it was another, another, a different state. Um, and uh, yeah, he was choked up pretty much the entire time there were tears shed he came out saying that he didn't want to be there and didn't you know he shouldn't have to be having this conversation but i think the city of atlanta was smart to have him speak to the people because a like he, it's he, he's going to be taken more seriously than, than than literally anybody else probably um and it was awesome. I have seen it. It's probably been the most viral thing I've seen from all of the protests. Um, he speaks clearly and, but speaks, speaks how he said things that needed to be said the right way. He didn't get up there saying, you know, burn the fucking city down. Like there wasn't that, but there was the, Hey, you need to be heard. Like it is time to be heard. Like we're done with this. It's over. Like, change has to happen right now but he also spoke about it while saying like you also need to go and vote like there these things aren't just gonna ha it's not gonna happen overnight like it's going to take a long time it's gonna take you know a battle in many different ways not only in the streets but also in you know in the polls and all that and yeah. you gotta educate people too like it's yeah and michael you know, my story is, is definitely that um, I personally have seen it shared from from everybody I've ever met. It seems like people who I'm pretty sure didn't know that Killer Mike was a person 
four days ago up to people who are massive run the jewels fans and, and just massive music fans in general um and i've seen you know like eminem posted it and, and just it's it's all over the place and it as it should be and it's always every single person i've seen post it has posted it with watch the entire thing like sound up this is important watch it i just thought i don't know it was very fitting that that he is the one who uh is kind of the the voice of reason in all of this but i'm also like really excited for that run the jewels record to drop this friday (laughs) did you hear the track that they teased oh my god it's so fucking and like they captured some of this like they didn't know they did i mean granted the songs that they released were in retaliation is the wrong word. They were in uh, reflection of other events that have happened within the past fucking two years. But again, these are the same fucking things that are happening now. Yes. And for anybody that's one of our listeners that I don't know how you wouldn't know about Run the Jewels at this point for as much as we talk about it, but Killer Mike, his name, Killer Mike, Michael Render, has chosen the name Killer Mike, not for a violent reason, because he kills microphones, because he chooses to use words over his fucking anger actions. And it's like, through the power of speech and through the power of talking, through the power of communication, comes learning, comes fucking unity. And that's his message, man. And it's like, that's the shit that we can all get behind. Yeah. Be angry, but use that anger for good. Don't use that anger for destruction. Yeah. And that that kind of leads right into what we're poking. It's just, shit's gotta change. Um, Yeah. Uh, fuck the all lives matter thing. It's a cheap way of saying I'm a piece of shit. Um, not to be, I'm not like trying to be a dick, but like that was never a thing. Like nobody, there was never an an all lives matter movement. It's that was created to counter the black lives matter movement by saying that you are literally trying to discount what's actually important. It's fucking bullshit. I see it as this. By saying Black Lives Matter, you are not saying that all lives do not matter. By saying all lives matter, all lives cannot matter. Uh Uh-oh, I lost you, Ricky. Sorry, I'm sorry. It was like a software update. (laughs) All good. Um, By saying all lives matter, all lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter. Our words need to be, need to be, our actions rather need to be stronger than our words, and and these people have been subjugated against and just systematically held down for far too long, um, and it is it is all of our responsibility as people to recognize this and, and to to fight it, and and we're not saying that you know one is better than the other we are saying is that universally we need to recognize that black lives matter and these need to be more powerful than just words. These need to be actions. These need to be actually fucking things done in our communities. And you may not even understand what what you're saying by saying all lives matter. You, you may have a misunderstanding of the whole fucking thing. I will admit that I was in the same, I was in your same shoes. I, I didn't understand it. And I had to get, I had to ask questions and I had to get, shared some information by some POC friends of mine that without their, without their ability to help me understand, I couldn't be here helping you understand. And then it's that communication that we need now more than ever as people. Yeah. And 
and you can ask questions and be respectful and you may not fully understand it and you may not understand kind of where the anger comes from and that's okay ask the questions find your answers talk to the right people yeah it's i think uh i mean obviously as two white males like we're not like the people that should be taught or the people that it's our job to listen. Like that's, that's kind of like my big takeaway from, from, from the last week or, well, I mean, that's not even true from the last fucking, you know, yeah. forever. But, but I think now more than ever, it's, it started off as a protest to be heard. Things. It's not even like, there's everything is filmed. There's video to prove exactly what's going on in the street. There is a really clear line drawn as to when it gets bad, um, and it gets bad when the police show up. Uh, there's, it's not I'm not anti-cop. I'm not anti. That's that's not my stance at all. Um, but they're not listening. They're just showing up and making things way worse. And it's all caught on video. I have to just think the, the, the most important thing to do right now is to listen, listen to the protest. Like that's the thing. Listen, starting there is a massive, massive, massive place to start. I will say that there are, there are plenty of evidence of officers showing compassion. There yes. is in plenty of, of very powerful moments on social media. And again, we know some of the officers in our own community here in Worcester that are dedicating themselves to helping the, the at-risk community and the adverse community. And, and we're not saying fucking ACAB and you know what I mean? Like that's not the kind of approach that I want to take. No, 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 me either. No, and I'm agreeing with you. But yeah. again, like what we talked about off air is the same thing I will tell our audience right now is that, however, it is my firm belief that if there is one bad cop and four bad, or four good cops that know about the bad cop and aren't doing something about it. What you really have is five bad cops, and and that's the kind of systematic shit that we as a civilization need to rise above and rise past. And like Ricky yeah. said, we we're a couple of white boys of privileged background that are have a very new understanding of all this. And so, truthfully, we're just trying to use our platform as much good as we can. It's true. It it, it kind of comes down to like it. I don't know. I don't. I just don't understand how it's not common sense to like not be a gigantic piece of shit. <laughs> it blows my mind every day. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Going, yeah. Just going through going through social media the last forever, but like especially the last couple days, it's very telling like what side the people are on it's very tough you can yeah. kind of tell from the things that are set the things that are posted you know you a lot of people i shouldn't say a lot of people but there are certain people who uh didn't have a whole lot to say when a man was murdered on video but they have a lot to say about target even though the president of target was like fuck that we can build another store like it doesn't matter when, There's also a lot of video evidence showing that it's not exactly the protesters who are the ones that are looting and destroying. There's video evidence last night of, uh, what the fuck's that YouTuber's name? Jake, Jake Paul. Jake Paul is a garbage person. 
Yeah, he, they they filmed him looting, a yeah. millionaire looting. Yeah, he's a garbage. white boy. He's garbage. So, for anybody that listen, I don't. Know, this is coming out after the fact. Hopefully, we'll see some of our listeners tonight, and we can have a dialogue. If you're listening and you want to have a discussion, like Ricky and I are here to talk to you, like sure. hit us in the DMs. We will have we will have an extremely respectful conversation. We will listen to you. You want to be heard? We will listen, and and we will help you understand and help you get to the same type of place that we are. Because without doing that type of shit, we are never going to progress as a country. It's true. Uh, if anybody listening or watching does go to a protest. Please be safe. <laughs> yeah. Um, for many reasons. Other people, uh, coronavirus, bad cops. Just be safe. Head on a swivel, uh, and don't be a dick. There's no need to destroy other people's property. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Unless you have to. Like, not 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 that you should do that, but I'm just saying like. I don't know. Yeah, I feel you. All right. Well, this has been kind of a weird episode. Yeah. For those of you who are listening, thank you so much. Uh, one last thing is if you are, if you are the means, explore potentially giving to the Mass uh, Lawyers Guild, not the Lawyers Guild, Mass Bail Fund. There's a bunch of different organizations that are working towards helping the protesters. Yeah. And I've yeah. been Travis. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and social media at Hunchback Travis. I have been Ricky. Uh, you can find me at DickChuck77 or Celtics Time Official. Uh, if you don't want to follow us, follow somebody that will show you what's really going on in the world. Yeah. We love you all, regardless of your race, creed, religion, or background. Especially if you're in part of this beautiful city, you are. you have a hold a special place in our heart. And uh, we just want you all to be safe and to be kind, to be good. Yeah. So uh, stay safe, guys. Cheers.